Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode 11 of the Take a Swig podcast. We've got Swig and Blake coming at you after week 10 of the 2022 NFL season has wrapped up. As always, recording this on Monday night, right after Monday night football. So the Eagles just lost their first game of the season to wrap up week 10. Washington got the win there. We're going to dive into uh, a couple of things in this episode. We're going to hit on the Raiders particularly because maybe they've hit rock bottom with a loss to the Colts on Sunday. But before we uh, get into any of that and anything else, Blake, uh, with me as always, how you doing? I'm all right, man. You know, long weekend, you know, ready to get back in the grind. Well, um, man, my weekend, I had one last wedding. Uh, I don't have another one for six months. And anyone who knows me uh, or doesn't, maybe uh, I've had 13 weddings in the last four months. And fuck that. I'm done with it. So I'm excited. To, I'm excited to have my weekends back to do literally anything else. Congrats to all my friends and all. But, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be done with it, dude. It's it's taken over my life. Yeah, I can't blame you there. I don't even imagine going to that many weddings in my lifetime, honestly. I've literally gone to more in the last four months than I had been in my entire life combined before that, with like at least five to spare. I think I'd been to like seven or eight in my life before July. I think I've been to one wedding since my dad and stepmom's wedding. One. Was it Robbie's? Yes. All right, there we go. Anyone, yeah, that was like what three, four years ago now. I, I I'm starting to get your point. So we have different social calendars. <laughs> my friends aren't as well set in their life as your friends. Well, my friends might be well set, but I'm sure as hell not. <laughs> you are the company you keep, Swig. You are. All right. Well, I'll, I, I guess I'll take that as a compliment, but uh, well, I'm ready to, to dive in here. I mean, both of our teams ended up getting wins this week, which I'm sure we're happy about. But to me, the, the most interesting team in the NFL after this week's action was the Las Vegas Raiders. I was about to call them Oakland. I'm glad I stopped myself. But the Raiders are now 2-7 and seven after they, they lose to the Colts on Sunday and Jeff Saturday's coaching debut. I think 25-20 to 20 was the final score there. Afterwards, there are more questions about Josh McDaniel's job security, which is par for the course, I feel like, in the NFL when a team is struggling. But I think what really got my attention was Derek Carr's emotional press conference after the game. He was clearly upset. The The Raiders have yet another one possession loss. They're sixth already this season. What were your biggest takeaways from the game itself? And I guess, where do you think the Raiders stand right now? Uh, the, to me, the Raiders is a... Uh... Uh, I want to say that it's just a coaching issue, but uh, it, all signs are pointing towards just a full-blown rebuild now with all the different uh, draft picks that the last regime had that they're already giving up on and moving away from. This team just... Uh, honestly... I don't know how likely it is, but I would like to see Derek Carr on a new team next year. Well, I, I definitely want to get into Carr. I mean, we, we can we can start there actually. So I, I like I don't think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. And yeah, in this particular game, if Moreau could have hung on to that ball in the end zone, the Raiders I'm sure would have won this game. But I the problems definitely go deeper than him. But when I was looking into the the team a little bit before we started recording this. So if the Raiders so choose, they can, even though they just gave Derek Carr a contract extension before this season, 
they can easily move on from him after the year. They can release him and not have a big dead, dead cap hit on their salary cap. So they could definitely move on financially. Now they, since they are two and seven and currently have the second worst record in the league, there is a very, very real possibility that the Raiders will end up picking in the top five of the 2023 draft. So if that ends up being the case, like, I guess straight up, do you think they would move on and start over? Or do you think they would try to make it work one last time with Carr or maybe get draft his replacement, let him sit behind him if they get a project guy? Because the Raiders went into this year clearly intending to contend. They they went out, they got Devontae Adams, they got Chandler Jones, et cetera. It was clear with the, the hires, with McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the new GM. The Raiders were clearly trying to contend. This season seems like a lost cause at this point. Do you think they would pull the plug that quickly? Um, I yeah, honestly, I if there's a time to do it, I think now, like at the end of the season, would be the time because, you know, you're not getting a big cap hit letting him go, and there's so many holes on this roster on both sides of the ball, uh, primarily defense. And when I think of their defense, I think on the back end, the only good player I can think of is uh, Nate Hobbs. Because they just let uh, Abraham go, didn't they? And uh, it just, you know, you free up a bunch of cap space. um, And, like, honestly, I feel like a a big tell on what they're doing will be whether or not they end up extending Josh Jacobs. Well, the the Raiders already declined the the fifth-year option on Jacobs, so they're in an interesting spot there. I know Jacobs is playing better this season, but – I mean, you look at the Raiders from last season, right? And I know that there's a lot of new pieces and faces here with coaches, GM, pretty much everything other than quarterback, it seems like. Now, last season, the Raiders went through a lot, obviously, both on and off the field. There was the Gruden situation. There was the Rugs situation. There was Damon Arnett. All of that happened within like a month. And then the Raiders were able to collect themselves. They ended up finishing 10-7 and seven and making the playoffs under Rich Passaccia who was not retained, and that playoff run seems borderline miraculous considering everything that they went through. Now, this offseason, they, they, like I mentioned, they make the trade for Adams. They sign Chandler Jones, who just hasn't been a factor. But as great as Max Crosby is uh, at, at pass rusher, he's having a hell of a year. I think you mentioned Hobbs. I believe I read earlier that even though he um, – he hasn't had one since week two. I believe he's second on the team in sacks for the Raiders, and he has just the one on the season. Like, their pass rush besides Crosby does not exist. Jesus Christ. That... Yeah, I think it was Hobbs. And then you mentioned Abram, who the Raiders did cut uh, a week or two ago. The Some of the other first-round picks they had under Mike Mayock, like we mentioned Ruggs and Arnett, who were cut for – very different and bizarre off the field things to say the least. And then they just, they declined the fifth year options on Cleveland Farrell and Abram and Jacobs, and they just haven't been able to get anything from that. So the the roster doesn't help the situation. I just don't personally like Josh McDaniels, but we can get into him in a second. So the roster flaws are starting to become clear. And in the two and seven start, they have had three 17 point leads that they've blown and six of the seven losses are one score games. And what normally it boils down to is bad teams find ways to lose close games and good teams find ways to win them, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's weird because last season the Raiders were the team 
winning the close games, you know, the late game situation. That's how they snuck their way into the playoffs. So it, it's kind of interesting to see that flip this season. But that's why I want to point the finger at the coach. But honestly, I'm trying to, like, think about it. I genuinely feel like if they end up picking in the top five and they choose to go the quarterback route, I think McDaniels would stay. I think they would retain McDaniels and let him have his pick of the quarterbacks. Well, I did want to get into that here because I, I want to. Uh, I wanted to evaluate. So Mark Davis, interesting owner, terrible haircut for the Raiders. He he is our, He had some quotes earlier today where he gave Josh McDaniels the vote of confidence. And, and I read another article. We'll see if this ends up being true later. But McDaniels seems to have assurances that he will be back in 2023 no matter what. You don't see too many new coaches and new regimes only get one season. They usually get at least two. I think the last one I can think of that got one was the Cardinals one year with Josh Rosen. Can you think of anything more recent than that? Um, was was Freddie Kitchens more recent than that? Did he only get one year? Yeah, Kitchens was one and done, wasn't he? I'm, you know what? Now, now I'm curious to look. I will look this up before we finish recording. But anyway, the point I was going for is not too many coaches only get one season. And it does sound like McDaniels will get a second year no matter what. I definitely think he deserves some blame. They asked Carr. They asked Devontae Adams. I'm sure there were others. Uh, if there was any sort of disconnect between him and the players and the system and everything. And it sounds like there's more and more frustration, obviously, with the losses starting to pile up for the Raiders and there were spats in the locker room. Like that, that, that part's kind of normal. But I just, I mean, I know hindsight's 2020, so I don't want to sound like a broken record here. I've never understood the hype around Josh McDaniels myself. He's gotten a lot of interest in head coaching cycles for several off seasons now. I know it's been a while since he had the job in Denver. I think he was coaching there 2009 and 2010. So it's been well over a decade. A few years ago, it looked like he was going to get hired by the Colts. And then he backed out at the last second. They ended up taking Frank Reich. I personally thought the Colts dodged a major bullet there at the time. And I, I know that he hasn't gotten off to a great start here with Vegas. So it's easier for me to harp and say, oh, it was a bad hire. I, I'm still not a fan of it, but I do think some of the roster flaws are starting to become more clear, especially on defense outside of Crosby. They haven't gotten the production from Chandler Jones that they were expecting. I'm not a big fan of what's left of their secondary. And the um, the defense has just been horrific. And I know their, their defensive coordinator quite well because Patrick Graham left the Giants to go over and be the coordinator for the Raiders. I actually thought Graham did a pretty good job overall with the Giants for two seasons. But so far, whatever he's trying to do with Vegas is just not clicking. Their defense has been putrid. Yeah, and like, okay, so uh, a couple things. Real quick, I want to hit on uh, an underrated revenge game for the Colts. You know, uh, beating the coach that they uh, – I agree with you. They dodged a bullet there because, uh, like, I, I don't know if it's bias watching what he did in Denver, but, like, that almost rivaled how poorly – Mike Mayock and uh, John Gruden ran this Raiders team, in my opinion. And uh, the roster flaws definitely – we were seeing it last year. And over the last couple of years, they were not retaining their own draft picks in the last regime. So it's kind of making sense that it's a continuation. 
and it's it's just a matter of getting the right guys in now, which yeah, I I don't know. There's just too many holes to fill. I don't understand. I hindsight is twenty twenty, I guess, because I thought this was a playoff team at the beginning of the year, and I I just I I don't see it anymore, like in the slightest. Like even moving forward, like I don't even know. Like I can't think of a place to start to build this team anymore. Well, I wanted to look at Mark Davis and go top down real quick because he's the owner, and I I do think he deserves some blame here. But he he had the quote when asked about McDaniel's that Rome wasn't built in a day, and I, I get the analogy that he's trying to go for here. And I know that he's not trying to be so unstable nine games into a season that looks like a lost cause right now. And I just I I don't know if I can get around on it now. I like I know I don't like McDaniel's, but I, I'm not trying to say that he has no chance to try to salvage something out of this. But I just I think it's an uphill battle. The the Raiders were able to get as much as possible out of their roster last season, but, but they've only made the playoffs twice since 2002. They they had the 12 and four year I think it was when Derek Carr got hurt at the end of the regular season, so they lost their first playoff game, and then they lost to the Bengals last year I believe it was when they got back in after that epic game to finish off against the chargers the the expectations for this year were very high the entire afc west they're trying to contend in it and it's almost impressive that they have been the most disappointing team in a division that also includes the broncos and considering the circumstances against the colts where they they lose at home they lose to jeff saturday in his coaching debut after saturday last week i think tweeted out that the raiders looked terrible before he got the call of, of all the dysfunction and instability we've seen around the Colts and, and the Raiders find a way to lose this game, another one possession, it, it, you can make the argument as one of the worst losses in their team history. Like, do you think this is rock bottom for the Raiders right now, or do you think it can get worse? I, yeah, I think this is rock bottom. I, I, don't, I, I don't see how it could get worse this season. This is rock bottom for this year. I do think next season will be even worse though wow so what makes you think that is it just a gut feeling or do you think that if they if they take another quarterback and they go into full rebuild mode yeah i i'm it's probably just a gut feeling i feel like they're gonna really bottom out next year and just be like worse the worst team in the league next year and just wow. like there are a lot of bad teams but I don't know. The other ones feel more competitive to me. They don't, you know, they, it, it feels like an uphill battle every week for them. The Raiders, it's like fast starts and then just shitting the bed. They've had that a few times. So I, I have their schedule pulled up now. I won't go through every single game, but they, they started the season 0-3. Uh, they had the 17-point loss blown to the Cardinals in week two and they lost in OT, and I think that kind of started the trend. They managed to win two out of three when they beat Denver and they beat Houston for their only two wins. But since then, they got shut out by the Saints, and that's pretty impressive, honestly, the way the Saints have been going this year. And then they blew the big lead to the Jaguars, and then they lost to the Colts. So it it, it definitely does not look great for them. Their next couple games, I'll, I'll just look at the next three here. If we think maybe they can win two of those and try to salvage something. They have at Denver at Seattle, and home against the Chargers. Do you think they'd be able to take any of those games? Uh, I think they can take the Denver game just because uh, I saw something today that it was like 
if Denver could score literally 18 points in every game this year, they'd be 8-1. Yeah, so, yeah, I did see that. It, yeah, I know that's a arbitrary thing, but they've found ways to lose a lot of close, low-scoring games the Broncos have. It's been a theme since that Monday night game in week one. Yeah, so I, I feel like they have a shot there just because the Broncos' offense has just been so uh, dysfunctional. Dysfunctional is a polite word for it. But I mean, we're, we're talking about two teams in the AFC West here. They're playing each other. Like the, the, the Raiders, to me, were more interesting in this game because I feel like the Broncos' circus started earlier this year. And I, I think just the, the Raiders turned that up to 10, even though they've been struggling all year. I think they were the last team to be winless. I know Houston had that tie, but I think they were the last 0-3 team or the only 0-3 team in the league before they got that that first win against Denver. So we, we talk about the, the the ownership here. I think it starts with Mark Davis because he's accepted a lot of random bullshit over the years with the Raiders. And then I like I, I know it's I, I've just never been a big fan of McDaniels. I know I might be biased here. It's just I, I didn't really like that hire from the start. I did think Patrick Graham would help them, though. I, I wanted to mention him real quick just for my last couple of years watching his defense with the Giants as a fan. And I thought that with the Giants, like Patrick Graham wanted to run certain coverages. The Giants didn't have the personnel for that for those two years. And he adjusted pretty quickly and got, for the most part, the most out of his de- defense, especially James Bradbury and Leonard Williams. And so far, I, I know that the personnel in Vegas, you could make the argument in the secondary is even worse than what the Giants had. But I just, I don't see, he runs a complicated scheme. The the Raiders don't seem to be picking it up and he doesn't seem to be adjusting very well. And when the offense is putting up enough points to at least win maybe half their games, the defense is shitting the bed on a regular basis. Yeah, which is kind of weird because I do agree with you. Like uh, being friends with you, I try to keep track of a lot of Giants games and I you know, I it, I was saying for the last couple of years that the Giants' defense wasn't always the best, but I was more impressed with it more often than not. Like, I feel like the offense has been lagging behind the last few years with the Giants, and that's what was holding them back. Now, yeah, this year has just been abysmal, and I don't understand it because he is a coach that I like. Yeah, and I still like him as well, but I do think the defense has been a bigger problem for the Raiders. Uh, They haven't been able to hold the big leads their offense has provided on multiple different occasions. So I do think he deserves some blame as well. And while I did mention, like, I don't think McDaniels is going anywhere. Mark Davis himself said McDaniels isn't going anywhere for next year. I could see them throwing Patrick Graham under the bus because the defense has struggled so much. That wouldn't be unprecedented at all. No, I don't think that's out of the question. I wouldn't like to see it because, like, there being so many holes on that defense, I would like to see what he is able to do building a unit from, like, the ground up. You know, there was uh, some solid pieces in New York. You know, there was some questionable spots. And it's weird to me because, like, in New York, I would never say that he had – two good pass rushers and he inherited two great pass rushers and one of them's just been a non-factor and you said Nate Hobbs is like second with one sack that's just insane that you are literally getting no pressure yeah I mean Crosby's been amazing but the Raiders haven't been able to get much from anybody else 
it, it's yeah. just been uh, it's just been a wild, disappointing start to to the year. I mean, it, it seems like a lost cause, and the team went into this season clearly trying to contend right now, and it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. So I, I, the, I, I'm just going to sum it up that I still think it's amazing that they've been. I, I would argue they've been a bigger disappointment in the division than the Broncos have, and they've both been just awful like the only other team i could think of that might be more disappointing would be the rams since they just won the super bowl and they're now three and six and cooper cup got hurt but to, to me the raiders might be the most disappointing team in football yeah i would agree with you when uh you say that just because like you know uh they had terrible fucking circumstances last year and they managed to sneak their way into the playoffs and like they made improvements in the off season and this team has taken several steps back. I I'm not a fan of McDaniels by any stretch of the imagination, but I would be interested in seeing how he would rebuild this roster over the next couple of years. And I do want to kind of give the Raiders props because I feel like they've been getting away with being bad quietly for a while. If that makes any sense. Like I felt like they kind of snuck under the radar with how bad they were up until the last couple of weeks. Like, do you mean the last few years with Derek Carr? Or do you mean when they were like really terrible before he showed up? No, I'm talking about this season. I felt like it, like, you know, like you have a couple of things posts here and there, like every time they lose, but, I don't feel like anybody was really harping on how bad the Raiders are up until the last couple of games. I got you. I, I feel like uh, more of the attention has been put on the Broncos in their own division. And then the last couple of weeks, the Colts with all the changes they've had. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, take it as you will, you know, giving them props for being sneakily bad. I get, I get what you're saying. I don't, I don't think that they're the second worst team in football. I, I don't think they'll end up with the second overall pick like they would have right now. But I, I do think somewhere between five and ten is a strong possibility. And then they'd have a big decision to make with Carr. Yeah, definitely. I mean, five, five to ten is probably where I think they'll finish because they're, they're going to win. Uh, I mean, they should win a couple more games before the season is done. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if they don't, but it definitely does feel like it's a lost cause to me. Uh, now, before we wrapped up, like they, they were the team that was the most interesting to me. I, I just wanted to briefly touch on a couple others that we saw this week. So the, the, one of them that stuck out to me, uh, we, we can mention them briefly just because the game just happened when we're recording. So the Commanders get the upset win tonight, second time in three seasons that they win a game on the road against the last undefeated team because they did that with the Steelers a couple seasons ago. They're now five and five and Carson Wentz is eligible to come back next week. I guess first question, do you think they start Wentz or stick with Taylor Heineke? I would stick with Heineke, honestly. I I, I like Wentz, but he's too he's too um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, like fucking... inconsistent, volatile, something like that. Yeah, volatile. I'll go volatile. He's, you know, it, like, <clears throat> I mean, Heineke's a little bit of that, but he's more tame with his highs and lows. You get more consistency, I would say. I, I, get, I get what you're going for. Heineke had a big win tonight. Might be their biggest win under Ron Rivera, and I know I've been critical of him but it, it was a big win for Washington they're five and five 
NFC East is surprisingly like a lot stronger right now than we thought it would be going into the season. They are still in last place in their division. Washington is by a game and a half, but with how wide open the NFC is and the fact that what their next two games are against the Texans and the Falcons, I think there's a real chance they go get to seven and five before they have more divisional games. And that could put them in a legitimate position to make the playoffs because one team that I think right now looks like they're going to be out is the Rams who are now three and six. And then Cooper cup has a high ankle sprain and he's going to be out several weeks. I know those are notoriously tricky. Do you think the Rams are done? Do you think they have any chance to sneak back into the playoffs? I, I don't, I don't at all. I, cause aren't they, they gotta be at the bottom of their division. Yes. Yes, they are. They are three and six. They, they lose the game of backup quarterbacks to Arizona yesterday. Arizona's four and six now and Seattle and San Francisco, six and four, five and four. Looking just at the next, the Rams next couple games without cup and their offense has struggled all year. They have road games against the saints and the chiefs and then a, a home game against the Seahawks. And that just does not sound promising to me. Yeah. that sounds like at best one and two to me, honestly, I, think they have a chance against the Saints, but I, I think Seattle is going to beat them. I could definitely see it. Even with the game in L.A., I mean, the, the Rams have already lost to Seattle once, if my mind, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm just thinking two Cardinals games. I don't know if they've played the Seahawks yet. I apologize if I got that wrong. But uh, the, the Chiefs game on the road seems like a lost cause for them, at least on paper. And I, w- I, I think the Saints will be favored in this game despite all their struggles because what, what the hell are the Rams going to do offensively without Cup? And we'll see if Stafford's back from concussion protocol. Yeah, and like the <clears throat> okay, so the reason why I feel like the Chiefs game is a lock for a loss, the Rams offensive line has just been putrid this year. And it's and, had so many different injuries and different starters out there. I want to say it was like the first six games, the Chiefs had like 18 sacks total, and in the last three games, we've gotten 13. So our pass rush is heating up, and, you know, that that doesn't sound like a good matchup for L.A. No, it really doesn't, and it's in Kansas City. I, I would I would have been surprised if they won that game with Cooper Cup healthy, and they he is just not a replaceable player. So, like, the Rams defending Super Bowl champs, they, they look like their season's on the brink right now. I, I think the Saints uh, be in good position to beat them. We'll see which quarterback starts for them. Now, we mentioned a few weeks ago teams in the NFC that were a bit disappointing. San Francisco has been better of late. They managed to beat the Chargers last night. Tampa has won two in a row. They got to five and five. They might be back on track in a bad NFC South. They're back on top of that division. And the Packers finally ended a five-game losing streak. They beat Dallas at home in overtime. Do you think the Packers have done, did enough there? Do you think maybe they gave themselves a glimmer to save their season, or do you think it's too late for them? I Okay, so I think they have an outside shot at making the playoffs, but I want to say this season is done. I, I You know, their best-case scenario is being a wild-card team at this point. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings, I think, have that division just about wrapped up. But I do want to give a quick quick shout-out to Christian Watson because he had a, a fantastic game, ended up four catches, 100-plus yards, and three touchdowns. So maybe they're finally starting to get a little bit of help on the outside. Yeah, it, it was definitely nice to see him actually kind of click with one of the rookie receivers. Been waiting all season to see that. So that was a nice change of pace. I just – 
I don't know with how they've been. I don't see it sticking. You know, I I think it, this is just going to be like a flash in the pan win over Dallas. Gotcha. I, I I definitely get what you're saying there. Were Were there any other teams that you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up? Because I I don't have uh, quite as much to say as usual today. Uh. Okay, just a real, real quick question because uh, Seattle lost. San Francisco seems to be picking up steam. Who do you think is going to win the division out of those two? Mm, that's a tough one. The NFC West has been tricky for me all year because going into the season, we thought that the Seahawks would be the worst team in that division. And to me, they've been by far the most fun despite the loss. I lean towards the 49ers there, but just barely. How about you? I'm going back to my uh, week one pick, my overreaction. It's back to Seattle to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, Seattle to the Super Bowl again, even with the loss? Yeah, fuck it. I mean, Brady's going to get his, you know, here and there, so. Now, speaking of the uh, the Seahawks, and, and we mentioned the Buccaneers a minute ago, one thing I wanted to mention real quick before we wrapped up is that that Seahawks-Buccaneers game was the first ever NFL game in Germany. And they played it in Munich, and I thought the crowd for that game was so electric. It was so much fun. I, I just loved everything about it. You saw fans of a bunch of different teams. People from all over went there for it. It seemed to be a big hit. Roger Goodell said that the NFL is planning to play at least four more games in Germany over the next few years, I believe. And I think these international games, like they, they are really starting to grow on me. I've been really entertained watching them. Yeah, actually, this season it's been uh, – I, I loved it. And a little bit last season, I wasn't too attached to it last season, but I'm actually like tuning into these 9 a.m. games now like every single time this year. So I'll be perfectly honest, man. I woke up on time, watched the entirety of the Giants-Packers one, obviously. The others I've either uh, just not woken up for all of. Like, I'd wake up in the second quarter or or third quarter, either because I'm not a morning person or I was hungover or a combination of both. Now, I'll be honest myself. In past years, I would be up in time to watch the games but i just wouldn't fucking watch them but this is huh what would you do instead just like play madden or like watch some tv while i like get ready for the day of nfl but yeah dude uh, the london games just used to be dog shit but this year they've been entertaining the crowds are awesome that germany game i'm very excited for what that market will be like. Yeah, I'm really curious. And I think it expands the possibility to to play NFL games in other German, like or not other German, other European countries or cities here going forward. I think it would be really fascinating to watch. Yeah, and honestly, I think, uh, you know, there's a possibility for like in the next five, 10 years that we're talking about two expansion teams from Europe. Yeah, that would be something. Like, I, I think that would be a, a conversation for another episode to really get into. But if I remember correctly, the NFL used to have an NFL Europa League that was supposed to be almost like a farm system, minor league kind of deal about 15, 20 years ago that got shut down. 
And it seems to uh, the NFL games, they, they've been playing games in London for like 15 years now, but they're, they're starting to expand that. I know there have been games in Mexico City in the past, and I think there was a game or two in Toronto once, if I'm not mistaken. But um, but they're really starting to expand it this year, and more importantly, it's it's working. And they, that fourth window of football on a Sunday is definitely growing on me as the, 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 uh, the more that I have it. Because I wake if I do ever wake up at 9.30 for a game that's not the Giants, I can watch football for 14 hours uninterrupted on a Sunday. Yeah, and that you know that's exactly how Sunday is intended to be: fourteen hours of uninterrupted football. The only thing it's inter- uh, interrupted with for me is uh, the occasional bathroom break and uh, to maybe eat and drink just enough to stay alive. Yeah, literally, bathroom breaks are for me. I try to reduce them to just half times. Uh, that, that's definitely my goal, especially when the Giants are playing. Like if it's my team, I'm sure so I'm not missing it for that. But if it's a game I'm not as invested in, I might be willing to miss a few plays if I have to. Yeah, let me be clear. If it's my team, I don't care if it's a halftime show or not. The game is going with me to the bathroom. <laughs> well, you like watch it on your phone or something? Yes. If, if I have to put it on my phone to take a bathroom break, I would. I'm not above that myself. It's the dedication that we can, we prove here, not just to our teams, but also to this show and our listeners, right? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's definitely a dedication. Like it, it, this show is a very nice thing, honestly. Just like a sport that I've dedicated a lot of my life to watching to actually like try to turn it into something. It's a beautiful thing. I I love this show. It does a lot for me. It is. I love doing it with it. It's a good time. I, I like this wholesome note that we're ending on here, but uh, was there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up this one? No, I, I think uh hit on everything that I wanted to talk about this week. Perfect. Well, it works for me. I'm, I'm willing to wrap this up then. I want to thank all of our uh, very loyal and great listeners for tuning into this one. Please make sure to uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show on whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Spotify, Apple, Google Play Store, you know the drill. And uh, we'll also want to encourage everybody to follow our social media pages at Twitter and in- on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those are at Take a Swig Pod. Uh, we all have uh, updates to the newest shows, links to everything, you know, the drill, the link to our bio on your preferred platform. The, the, uh, the bios on both platforms, there's a link tree to whatever your favorite platform is to listen. So make sure you find that if you have any trouble finding the show. But that's everything I had for this week. So I want to thank everyone for tuning in. For Blake, this is Swig, and we'll, we will be back next week. Have a good day.